listening to Show Up, Stand Out, an online visibility show where we discuss how you can become more visible using social media and beyond, attract your perfect clients, and create more free time in your business and in your life so your dreams can finally become your reality. Strategies, mindset, interviews, opportunities, and lots and lots of actionable tips brought to you by your go-to online visibility strategist and your host, Juliette Stapleton. And we are going to talk about sales today with an amazing guest that I want to introduce you to, Julia Andrews, the founder and the creator of The Art of Feminine Selling a sales methodology that is using vulnerability and empathy as a strength. Now, for a change, this is going to be a brilliant, brilliant uh, conversation. So tune in and cancel everything you have for the next half an hour. <laughs> Julia Olsen says that sales um, is her second language and English is the third. That's right. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to, uh, to chat and to dive into this topic. Oh, I love it. And I love the fact that you're bringing uh, much more, well, feminine energy uh, because, you know, usually traditional idea of sales is very masculine. It's very yeah. in your face. It's very aggressive. It's very powerful. But we're not machines. We're not robots. You know, we're, we right. have internal feelings. So it's not so easy to do. And so, so many people are holding themselves back. And I'm talking about women. So many women are holding themselves back. They're mm -hmm. not, um, you know, they're not appreciating, I think, what they have, even when they are naturally actually good at selling. But I think that it's just some sort of happening in their minds that they convince themselves otherwise. Right, well, I think what's, what's happened, and it's important to acknowledge one, one pivotal thing or one huge thing, is that traditional sales uh, training or uh, you know, schooling or whatever, right, was created for men by men. So, so it was natural that that was you know, kind of like the masculine strengths coming out in the way that they would want people to sell. Now, women would feel, um, some of us, and this is not like a positive or a negative, it's just is. Some of us are a little bit more uh, masculine, have more masculinity within us. Some of us are just, just much more feminine. And we, what I found is a lot of women are very re repelled by having to act like a dude or having to act like a man or having to be, like you said, in your face with it. And what I've, you know, after doing having a sales career for over 20 years what i've looked at is you know women are so like poised to sell in a very huge way because we are already a natural connectors we want to empathize with people we want to uh, share stories and naturally bring out vulnerability within us even if you recognize it or not by sharing, you know, what you've been through and, and empathizing with the other person, you are creating that connection naturally. So one of the things that, that I hear a lot is that, you know, why would, why would you show vulnerability? That's typically viewed as weak. So nobody wants to be viewed as weak, especially when we're out there, you know, um, selling and slaying the dragon or whatever, you know, insert what is it in your mind that you're doing. And uh, what I'm trying to showcase is that you don't have to be like that. There's another way to, to do it where you can feel like yourself, 
you could, yes, there's some masculinity in going in and getting the job done. You know, that, that kind of forceful, um, uh, way that you have to, okay, let's go ahead and do this. We have to kind of take control. That's kind of masculine, but that's not negative, right? Um, the way that I teach and I, I, I teach students, clients, when I go into companies and help them with their sales force is really to look at what are the strengths that we can amplify without making, making anything about it. Like, making it negative, labeling it basically, and allowing the people, however they want to engage, of course, following a structure, um, allow them to have and use their natural tendencies. Um, so I think there's a big communication or a big theme that we need to chat or talk about and bring to the light that you don't have to dim the way that you are in order to sell better because the people that I that identify with you first and foremost, right? Not everybody's going to uh, like you and that's perfectly fine. There's a lot of other people to go around to support and help, you know, people, but um, you should, when you showcase who you are, you naturally either attract or repel and that's a great thing. Why repelling? Because those are not your people. So that's, that's good. And within the conversation, um, being uh, vulnerable in the way that, you know, you identify yourself, maybe in their story, you share part of yourself with the person, you empathize. Those are all natural connection, connecting traits that women are just innate at it. And it's, it's something to be celebrated. I love, I love that. I also think that maybe even the words, you know, vulnerability, um, people exaggerate the meaning of the real meaning of it. You know, some people just straight away, they jump the gun. <laughs> Women, yeah. you think like, you, should, you need to show your vulnerability. And they're like, yes, you know, my marriage is not working out. You're like, hang on a second, not that much. You, know, don't, not, yeah. you don't need to go like completely open up and everything, like every little theory you have in your mind and spill it out. That's not right. what we are talking about. And I think that I see that a lot with um, when, you, when you're talking about vulnerability, when you're talking about sharing or even yeah. you know using your personal profile for visibility and people would say that they would say but I don't want I'm private I don't want to open up but you don't really have to yeah I think um I'm glad you brought up that point because it's it's good to make the distinction so what we don't want to do is just what you shared right like uh airing out dirty laundry that is that is almost like um that's not what you want to do. And that's not what the other person cares to know. I think a, a great example of vulnerability would be like, just pretend like if you're selling, um, uh, what would be a good thing? Uh, like coaching with, you know, um, I'm trying to look at something that could be so relatable, losing weight. Let's just use that. Right. Everybody either is happy or not happy. Wants to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever. Being vulnerable is saying to someone when, when you're trying to connect and trying to let them know that you understand where they're coming from is sharing a story. Well, let's pretend I am I, a wellness coach or a, a lot, you know, somebody's going to help you lose weight. I would say, um, you know what, Julia, you know, I understand where your fears are coming from because I was once in your position. I was once overweight and I know exactly how you feel when somebody invites you to a cocktail party. And instead of thinking about how, how good of a time you're gonna have, you're thinking about, oh my God, what am I gonna wear to 
to feel good about myself because no, none of my clothes fit. That's a very easy example of sharing vulnerability about how you've also experienced something that why you're maybe being a transformational coach in this space because you have this calling of helping people you know their pains you know their struggles and you want to support them that's a way of empathize being empathetic and also sharing a story and you can get more specific if you want but um that's a very simple way of underlining and in like was that clear i guess Do, uh, yeah absolutely i i actually had just last year that period where none of my clothes fit and i know that <laughs> guys you're watching is like what is julia on about but yeah that can happen to you know small people too <laughs> and yeah exactly. it's a horrible horrible feeling it really is exactly what you said so in a way you just shared it as an example and i was there so i totally straight away resonate and i'm sitting there thinking thank god thank god i'm back into my own size exactly. <laughs> you, you, what what that did right now is it transported you to a moment in time in your life and you immediately connected and resonated with that story and that's exactly what i teach people to do with vulnerabilities to to pick moments of their own life that they already um can share and feel uh, that the message that they're trying to um, to convey is is lands with that person, but you have to open up your heart. You can't just be like, yeah, 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 I've been perfect all my life. I've always been skinny because nobody's gonna connect with that. I mean, this is just be real, right? So you want to be open about it. Um, or like, if you've always been skinny, you can say something like, you know what? Um, I've always been skinny, and people don't know that I've had an issue with an eating disorder. People would be like, what? Yeah, I had. So there's different ways to actually connect because I believe that if you're an entrepreneur, there's a reason why you're being pulled to serve clients in this way. And you can use your story as a positive, positive in, in, in a way of, of, of bridging that gap when you're, when you're having enrollment conversations. They're so powerful. And right then and there, you realize if the person is either right for you, if you are connecting with them, if you can help them, if you can make a difference for their, for their life. And it's all about really aligning products and services that benefit, you know, the client and that also make you um, really deliver on your promise. Actually, what you're saying, and we are now, you know, the guys might say, okay, well, we're talking about sales conversation. Come on, girls, give me some, you know, sales hacks or something. But this is one of the hacks. So when you're on your discovery or not discovery, when you're on your call, don't make it about sales, even for yourself. Don't have it at the back of your head. Actually make it about that connection and alignment Mm -hmm. And, and how can this, what you're offering be of the most value to this person as a perfect fit, that energy right. is a completely different angle to approach any conversation. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I say this a lot and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We're not in the business of convincing people. Okay. I, I, I don't care to convince someone. I care to show them. So first of all, the first thing you want to do, obviously, I mean, there's steps to making sure that your conversation is a success, is successful for both parties. And one of them is you want to set up your, you want to be talking to viable clients. You want to be talking to people that are qualified, that have raised their hand and said, hey, 
I want to know more about what you're saying so that it's an, it's an equal exchange of energy. You're not trying to pull them in. They've already want to meet you there. Now, from there, you want to make sure that you're asking questions that actually identify what's the biggest struggle, what's the biggest pain, how can you help him, what is the dream, you know, all these questions that you want to make sure that you're the right person for the job, right? And then from there, you want to make sure that you're, you're like you said, like you're making it about how can I basically align the products or services that I offer to best serve this individual because we don't want to try to, you know, persuade or convince that this is the right thing. What you want to do is act as a, I say to my, uh, to my students, you want to act like an advisor, a trusted advisor. You want to give them the information that they need to make an educated decision for themselves. And then from that point, it's, it's, a, it's a very clear yes or a very clear no. You know what I mean? So from that yes. point, you're always, you know, all these, this vulnerability and empathy is infused in your questions, in your, in your conversation that you're having, your dialogue that you're having, so that you're able to uncover what's really the reason they're on the phone with you. Exactly. And, and I love it because... You know, first of all, I agree with you 100%. Um, We're not in business of convincing. And in fact, when you try, when you start trying to convince other people, you're doing something wrong. The moment you feel that energy that you're talking, whether it's just a chat on Messenger you're having with someone or, uh, and hopefully those people are not on your calls because that's a waste of time of yours and theirs, right? So that kind of pre-qualifier, but you need to make sure that the person is open. So when people are complaining, they're saying, oh, I'm having such a low, like I don't convert anybody on the calls and I don't want to make this calls because they are wasting my time. But they don't, they're just impatient. They're too fast to book the call. And I think that they're putting too much hope on that something happens on the call where the whole magic happens way before the call. Oh yeah. Oh yes. That's, I think that's a, one of the biggest misses is that I, um, I do my heavy lifting on before we get on the phone, qualifying them. Uh, and if you're new to that term, qualifying just means that you're sifting through, you're making sure you're getting rid of people that are just tire kickers. You're getting through, like you're niching it down. It's like a sifter, right? It's like, or, or think about a funnel. It's like, it starts broad and it starts getting closer and closer, like, like little, because you're asking either questions through a questionnaire before the call, a application process, you name it. You're, you're really basically saying, let's see if we are aligned and let's not waste each other's time. So by the time they get on the call, it's a more likelihood that it's a yes than it, that, than a no. I mean, it could also end up being where, you know what, this is not what I thought it was going to be great, you know? But I'm in the business of having relationships with people and having uh, relationships that it's not just a one-off or a transactional type of, of, of a, of, of a one-off kind of thing. So I want to make sure that this person, it, I'm going to be able to serve them in different stages of their business, either starting out, intermediate or advanced. So I think we, we did a, we do a disservice to us by not doing that because we pay for it at the end. Yes. People think that the event happens when you ask for the business. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this realistically as you, as the consumer, when you're going to be making a big investment, right? 500, a thousand, 5,000, 10,000, whatever. 
you probably are going to do a lot of research. And when you're on the phone with this individual or in person or on Zoom, you probably determined if this is the right person before they ask for the business. You've made up your mind already because you're going to those lengths to actually be on the phone. You already know what kind of investment you're going to be making. So in on the call, one of the things that I also teach is to get many commitments before you ask for the big one, which is become your client, which is the commitment of time, the commitment of financial resources, how much, you know, if they have money allocated for this, is that this is important to have a conversation around this. We shouldn't be dancing around that. And the, the, one of the, 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 the biggest for me that I see is a commitment to change. Are they open to something different? Are they willing to trust you? Are they, you know, because at the end of the day, the majority of times it's not about the money. If somebody is really believing that this is the one answer to their prayer, they're going to find a way to pay you. That's but true. If not, they're going to put everything in the scope of, well, I don't have the right time and I don't have the right money. They're trying to justify the investment. And if it doesn't, then we shouldn't even be asking them for the business. We should uncover what is the real concern? What is the real fear? And maybe you'll realize that, you know, what this is not the right person for you. You can recommend them out to somebody else or you can support them with something else, but not leave them hanging or on the fence. I, I love that because, you know, that opens up a different um, world of opportunities. And just to summarize what you said, and I love the fact that you mentioned that you really need to discuss whether a person, before they come up sometimes onto the call, you can already say, well, like, look, this investment we're talking about is, say, for example, two grand. Um, do you have money for this even? Because, you know, we, I don't want to waste your time and on this call and you can't afford it. You know, do you have money allocated? These are all great questions to ask. And, and you said, there's no need to tiptoe around it or dance uh -huh. around it. Just ask because it's a fair, straightforward, honest question. There is no need to, to hold yourself back asking for it because you're going to say, get a no or any kind of excuses, array of excuses on the call. However, if that all happened and on the call, you have a person but there might not be a match. That's a great, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing 100%. you. Yeah. And people work with people. For me personally, the energy of people around me is so important. And it took me so many years in my business to actually realize that this is what, what is wrong. I'm not filtering people. I'm working with people who are so wrong for me. I feel miserable all the time. And yeah. so, you know, so this is, what, this is a different thing. I'll be looking at a person trying to feel how I feel about them. If they have to be in my world more often, how do I feel about this? Are they the correct person to have? And even if they have five times more than I'm asking, but they're the wrong person, I know I'm going to pay in the end from feeling horrible every time I have to see them or meet them or talk to them. You know, I, I'll give you an example really quickly. And this, this just happened this week. So it's kind of vivid on my, in my mind. Um, one of my clients um, basically said to me, Hey, you know, she posted a question for me. She said, you know what, Julia, I, um, I got a, got a potential client. He reached out to me via social and um, you know, I, we were exchanging kind of information. I was letting her know how I work and such. And, and she was being very snappy and rude on her on her kind of responses she's like and she gave me a really really bad feeling about her and i politely declined and said we are not a fit and i'm so glad she listened to her intuition because 
the next you know string of messages this is that this actual person responded to her were rude were negative were and i i thought to myself you know we don't need that in our lives no. as much as you're trying to get clients this is a preview of what is to, it is to come it's just like when you're so like when you're dating you go out to yeah. for a date right and, and it's like you're trying to meet someone you're you're in the market of you know trying to find a, a suitable partner or what have you and you go out to coffee or to dinner whatever right insert experience for you <laughs> and you recognize you're like oh my god i'm noticing these and i'm noticing that and i know i still want to be in a relationship but i don't want this listen to that and that's the same with a client because they're showing you their 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 their, their like latest hits they're showing you the latest so true. hits and it's like, and if you don't pick up on that because you're so hell bent on getting someone, right? You are ignoring the red flags. Oh my and God. I am so happy you're talking right? about this because people think right. that it's not just, it doesn't have to be so, so expressive as, for example, in your example, for example, an example, yeah. um, the abuse, right? It could be how, how fast are they answering your messages? Is it easy to communicate with them? Because that yeah, will drive you, know, you insane. I know. And it's like, it's, it's just, People are just showing you and um, you, uh, Oprah has a quote saying like, people will show you on the first time who they are. It's your, it's your chance or it's your duty to actually listen because they're showing you already. And um, yeah, she just, she said, no, I'm not interested in this. And, and I'm so glad that she did that because I could, I was already feeling the negativity energy just from the information. I was just like, oh, I don't. No, I don't want this because sometimes, you know, and I'm not shaming anyone, you know, you may be in a situation where you're like, you know what? I just need a client. All right. Take her on or him on. But, but you have to understand you're going to go through a lesson because you're going to realize that, you know, this is, this ain't worth it. It's making me hate my job or hate my business or hate my, you know, what I do. And sometimes there's no shame in that. I'm just, I'm just going to lay it out there. Uh, but, but you're, you're probably not going to do that again because you're going to realize that it's not worth so it. My, oh, so true. You know, I remember um, in my journey and when I started thinking about this, the quality of people, there was one gentleman, he rang me on the phone and before he started talking to me, he cleared his throat. Now I have a little pet, 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 pet hate about it because my dad used to do that. He'd pick up the phone and clear it. And I would be always saying, can you just not do this before you, you know, pick up the bloody phone? <laughs> and when, but when that gentleman did that, and then he started talking, the moment I heard his voice, there were red flags. There was this notes that I heard just in the way how he introduced himself. It was a complete no. And I said, that was the first time in my business career when I said no, straight away, I, you know, made an excuse. I said, I'm full up. I can't take any more clients. And I can't, yeah. you know, and that was a no. And then I blocked his number. So when he tried to call me again, you wouldn't like, I don't want to hear that ever in my yeah. life, but I am, you know, I'm, I'm different. I'm not like ever, maybe, I'm not like everyone, but maybe there's people like me or should be more like me because I really, really now uh, judge the quality of people around me because that will affect my well-being. Not even just that I'm going to, you know, be a, like thinking about them, but thinking causes physical issues, you know, insecurities yeah. cause disease and, 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 and you just feel so horrible. It's like you're wilting yeah. and I want to protect my well-being. 
Yeah, so, that's very important. That's very important. It's fair game. The same way that somebody would feel like I'm giving somebody money and this person, I, I just don't feel good to, to be either coached or buy their services or, or have them influence my mind. It doesn't feel good. And the same way goes when we have the opportunity to, to bring on a client or, or, um, hire, you know, or have them hire us and, and such. I think it's, it's very important to do that because I've done it. I've, I'm in a just vulnerable moment. <laughs> I, I actually, one of my very first consulting clients, um, I, you know, first of all, I wanted to, I wanted the testimonial. I wanted to, to get my name out there and everything. And I was willing to, um, overlook maybe I remember the first meeting so vividly and something, everything looked right. Like I could help them. Um, they had a problem that I could definitely deliver on with my solution. Um, they would, you know, pay me what I was asking, but then I felt, you know, I had a couple meetings and I felt like, Oh, I don't know if this, if this you know, the temperaments and their personalities is going to jive. And that was the first sign we ended up canceling the contract three months in, and it was just, I lost money on that contract. I walked away and I, I needed it to, for my own mental health. And I wouldn't have done that if, if I would have, if I would have paid attention to the red flags, but sometimes we are so enthusiastic about, you know, what we're going to do and we do it. <laughs> or desperate. We, sometimes yeah, we're just desperate. desperate. We want to, we want to really, you know, kind of get our first client and we ignore those signs and they backfire. And this one was no different, but you know what? That was a lesson that I needed to learn. It's so true. I actually had a similar situation, not in my business, actually, well, they became my business client later, but there was somewhere where I needed a job and I walked into a place and I saw the owner of the place and my, and I heard the voice and I, this is one of those like magical moments in life. And the voice said, do not believe a word this man is going to say to you. It was wow. not even like, usually like our soul communicates with just small words. This was a big sentence. This was like as big a warning as you can get. Five years of my life, I was in a relationship. So we're like a first employer and employee and then a business and a client that were, we were shouting at each other. <laughs> it was insane. It was like the, the bad marriage. And yet there was this vulnerability and not a good kind. That's where you're afraid to walk away because you're going to lose the money because, you know, what if you don't find anyone else and you talk yourself into this disempowered place where ah. it's like a trap. It's like you're digging yourself deeper in a hole, you know, mm -hmm. and I felt so liberated when finally, you know, there was the last drop and I left. And again, a lesson. And I'm listening to you and thinking three months versus five years. I definitely <laughs> well, don't learn very quickly with people. But, but now I do. <laughs> yeah. The good thing is, you know, and you mentioned something I think very important. Um, I want you to know that when the the what you tell yourself has a positive or a negative impact on your life, that it's tangible. That's what's crazy about it. You can either empower your mind or you can disempower your mind. And the, the, the consequences are tangible consequences. And sometimes we feel like, oh, mindset is just in the mind. There's, you know, we don't touch this thing, right? But, but no, it does. When you start taking inventory of what is a decision given you positive or negative or, or what, what, is, has, what has happened. So I think it's super important and which leads me to a point that I want to make around women in sales and women asking for the things that they want. 
right? So that they can continue to empower their brain and their mind in their inner chatter versus disempower themselves. And sales allows you to do that with um, just simple questions. I want to have two questions that I want the audience to write down. And the first question, again, no judgment. This is purely to make an assessment of where you're at. Okay. So don't do that to yourself and judge you. The first question would be, do you always get what you want? And just write it out and just kind of think on that in my business, in my relationships, in my friendships, with money, with my kids, in life, with my whatever it is. Just, just think about that. The second question to that is, do you always ask for what you want, right? And if not, yes, no, sometimes, why? And this is going to lead you, basically, you're opening one door and then another and then another. It's going to lead you into, is something getting in the way? Is something bigger getting in the way of me not making sales or not, you know, what am I using as a, uh, as a shield, right? And this is going to really open it up to help you so that you can make that powerful ask at the end, or you can start by doing something small and then building the habit of asking for the things that you want in your life. You know, I love the fact, I love the angle here because you will notice that if you have a problem to ask for the sales, you will, you probably most likely have other areas in your life when you're not asking for what mm -hmm. you deserve, want, mm -hmm. desire, you're probably not asking. And if you look at sales and the whole thing to, you know, reach out to people, build relationships, uh, offer them, you know, a choice to, or, or a chance to get to know each other. It doesn't have to be sales straight away anyway. But the more you ask and offer uh, and don't get hook, hooked up on every no, mm -hmm. um, the more you are building a habit of actually asking for what you want. Yeah. You want this person to reply. You want this person to maybe right. jump on a quick call or have a chat or audio call or whatever. And then you want them to consider your program. You want them to go on a call. And here's, and, and here's a caveat to that. And I think it's very important and responsible for me to share this with everybody who's listening because it's not, it's a, it's a two-part thing. One is the willingness, I mean, you, the, the desire to ask, the courage, being courageous to ask. And the second thing is being okay with getting crushed or getting a no or getting, you know, rejected. If that, you know, why, why is, like, Julia, why are you saying this? Well, here's the thing. There's no, there's no reward without a risk. Because it's a 50-50 split. You, you could ever, you can either get a yes, you know, insert the desire, just insert that desire, right? Whatever is most powerful to you. You could get a yes, and it's going to take courage to be willing to maybe in humility, maybe to get a no. So play out the both, both scenarios in your head. So if I get a no, what changed? Did I lose my life? Did I lose an arm? Did I, I mean, maybe your ego is going to get all like, you know, messed up, but that's okay. Right. That's the worst thing. But what would happen if you get a yes? What things could be impacted in your family, in your career, in your business, in your mind? You have to make the, the decision to do it regardless of the outcome. 
because the guaranteed is that you're never going to get a yes if you don't ask. That's the guaranteed. That's true. <laughs> that, that is true. And then also maybe to add this, um, another, another thing to, to just not focus on is that if you speak to 10 people, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that all of these 10 people are, first of all, in need of or a good match for what you're offering, be in the right time. Yeah to work with you. Sometimes timing is very important. So right. you can't get upset if you got three, four, five, nine no's. You can't get upset. It's just wrong no. match. It's nothing to do with you and your ego. It's a wrong match for these people and you and maybe some of them could have turned and turned out to be nightmare clients. And it's great to just let them go go at this yeah. stage. <laughs> Yeah. That's why you want to also make sure um, that it's vital. The mindset and everything that we're talking about is as important as having a solid sales process. And a solid sales process, guess what? It's going to qualify people with timing, with money, with you know where they are on change, all those kind of things. So that when you're actually are on the phone with someone, it's, it's the likelihood of them saying yes is much, much, much higher than just picking a person random and say like, hey, do you want to buy my stuff? Well, I don't know, like if I need it. So it's like you have to you have to do your your diligence and your homework there as well. Yeah. I think it's an understanding and people like you and you and your programs are really good for understanding when what type of work is actually sort of like a t- like there's difference between visibility activities and then wow. the sales process, which includes relationships building that's sort of kind of like, you know, on the edge there and that's where they intertwine. But yeah. a lot of people focus on their visibility they they post they you know they they show up they maybe do their lives and they do that and they consider that this is already part of the sales process which really it's not necessarily is because individually you're not building relationships yet and individually and so then they skip that that important one-on-one relationships building process i think and go straight and that's how they get wrong people or people who are not ready or people who who can't even invest on their course which is disheartening because you now spend half an hour to an hour i never spent a half an hour because i talk too much but so an hour and that's the wrong person where really that hour should be spent with a person who is hungry for what you are offering uh really ready has the money and it's only the question is that are you the one yeah. And that's all in the, and you're in setting up your business and that's all, you know, and you're qualifying that's all. And also, I mean, there's, we can, we can do another round of our, right. Talking about that stuff, but that's all part of it right now. We took a sliver and we were talking about, you know, what does it mean to be vulnerable? What does it mean to be empathetic? How can we infuse that in our conversation and give true and real scenarios so that, so that people can be like, Oh, okay. I, I get it. I, I see where, you know, I could maybe get better at this or infuse it or not feel bad because I want to be vulnerable. That's, that's incredible. That's part of the recipe uh, within your sales conversation. But having a full blown process requires a lot. You know, I always say the sale is not one action. It's a series of steps that gets you there. 
so um, we can do a lot of other stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> that's true. Right. And 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 again, both of us would really like to talk and to each other and to you guys. So <laughs> it could be it could be the round three because Julie actually was already a guest on my show about two or one and a half years ago, two years I ago. Know. So this is oh, <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting to reconnect now and kind of like on a even yet another level. Um, I absolutely loved today's um, show, Julia. Thank you so much for sharing so openly and and really, you know, clearly. Uh, pointing us to the direction what we need to consider and what we need to just take like stop thinking about things that are still keeping you stuck yeah, and start yeah. focusing and looking at it from a, a completely different much more open and much more free-flowing um angle and and the energy that you will have with it uh, it might sound to you like a long process but it isn't no when I you're approaching it the right way yeah once you get it down and you understand the pieces and moving parts you're like, oh, I get it. Okay. And I mean, you're already doing it anyway. If you're visible, if you're on this, you know, hearing this, uh, this show, you are, you're visible, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing what it takes. So you're going to be further along and this will be just like, you know, a piece of the puzzle. You're like, okay, I get it now. I understand what, where I was maybe a little bit off that I needed to either tweak or pivot or just take a different approach to it. So yeah, and that's another reason why I'm, I'm sharing this, uh, the gift that I, that I uh, wanted everybody to have. Um, if you go to, can I share it? Yes, of course, of course. Uh, if you go to Julie, giftfromjulia.com, super easy to remember, giftfromjulia.com. Uh, it's an opt-in and I put together this uh, incredible um, e, uh, kind of action guide. I, I, I'll explain really quickly. I basically took about 60 women entrepreneurs, incredible ladies, that they were just not connecting, not closing, nothing, not getting clients. And I was like, I need to figure out what's going on here, right? I mean, me coming from the sales industry, I was puzzled. So when I heard, when I sat down and I started hearing them, I was like, oh my God, that's wrong. And this is wrong. And this is what we need to change. So I basically put up um, a guide. It's called the five things never to say on the discovery call and what to say instead. So download it. I, I, um, I trust it's going to be really, really packed with value for you. And, uh, and let me know what you think. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you, Julia, for today. And guys, thank you so much for watching. If you are listening on a podcast, please make sure you're subscribed so you won't miss an episode. And if you're watching it on Facebook, please share because you know, the people need to, other people need to get empowered. Other women need to get empowered uh, to sell and use their vulnerability, use their empathy as a strength, right? And get in touch with Julia and definitely grab that ebook to know what you should be saying, what you, how you, how you can change those no's into yeses or maybe even just get the right people on the call in the first place so we will see you on another episode of show up stand out and for now show up powerfully consistently and build a visibility that sells see you later Thank you for listening to Show Up Stand Out with me, your host and your online visibility strategist, Juliette Stapleton. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And if you're ready to be more visible and create an impact, check out JulietteStapleton.com to see how I can support you on this journey and help you show up fearlessly and with ease.